welcome to the RT Soccer Podcast Daily World Cup Edition. Um, myself and Rob Wright are joined by Shay Given, who's um, who's bringing the drama with him. Shay, uh, it's uh, we'll have a look back on the match you were covering on RT earlier, the um, Belgium being eliminated. But at the moment, uh, we're looking at a couple more European heavyweights somehow, <laughs> somehow wow. going out of the World Cup. As it stands, it's Costa Rica two, Germany one, and Japan two. Spain won, and both matches are into their 72nd, 73rd minute. So um, I, I think I, it, it would have been unbelievable before the match start, Shay, but after the first 20 minutes, you were wondering by how many the two of them were going to win. It's astonishing stuff, isn't it? Oh, it's crazy. I mean, the first, the first stage like this, lads, I don't know what. Oh, Germany got a chance now. Germany have just equalised, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it's, okay. It's like, it's like madness <laughs> in the background. I'm sort of talking to you guys and watching football at the same time, but obviously... What you just said, Germany and Spain could go to the biggest teams in European football, world football, for that matter, you know. But obviously, Germans are back to two-two now, so. But they need another them. goal. Don't they need they? another goal, yeah. Yeah, they're they're still they're still going out as it stands. They need to win. Yeah. But again, um, if Costa Rica score again, then Spain are out. Spain and Germany, so it's just mad. There we go. Two-two. Um, okay, um, before there's any more madness, we better have a quick look back on earlier. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Roberto Martinez is gone. He stepped down, unsurprisingly, you know, third in the last World Cup, out in the group yeah. stages, and kind of out in a very depressing manner, I would think, for Belgian fans, kind of infighting. Um, there seemed to be kind of a lack of fight until the second half this, this afternoon. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, plenty of fight. But four chances fell to Romelu Lukaku, and uh, he just had he had an afternoon to forget for him. Yeah, well, a penny for his thoughts right now. What he's thinking at this pre- present moment, I think uh, the dugout got a bit of a hammer in the way off the pitch as well. I think he took a he took a swing at the dugout. So um, yeah, I mean, it's probably the best Belgian played actually in the three games was today. But it was all a bit, a little bit too late. You know, you know what I mean. For the first two games, they were very, very poor. Obviously, lucky against Canada, we caught Trump, we saved the penalty, and they, they were poor. You know, Canada. Canada should have scored at least one, if not two, goals. And then obviously losing the second game. They're up against it today. But again, they played well and has not seen the game yet, been at work or whatever. The chances Lukaku has, and you'll see them probably in the highlights or something, it's just, uh, I don't know, like I said on the TV today, I think, you know, at any level of football, your centre forward, your main striker would, would be at least getting one, if not two of them chances in the back of the net, you know. So I'm not sure how he missed the one he chested. Like, it just sticks his head on. It's a goal, you know, the whole goal's gaping. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll be a tough four years for, for Lukaku after after today, yeah. As, absolutely. Rob, we were watching that one together and we were both kind of saying, you know, if he, if only he was your height, he could have headed it. Instead, he tried to chest it. I, I think, uh, it, Rob, it's kind of a cumulative effect as well, though. And like one of the headers, like the ball came, like it ricocheted before it got to him and in the end it was out of play. The other header, okay, was straight at the keeper. But, but at least one of the shots that kind of, it, it hit him rather than him having a chance to react. But... When that highlight reel gets put together, it, it doesn't look great. Yeah, and look, you could tell, like, you know, he has been struggling with injuries coming in. He isn't fresh, you know, they've rushed him back in an ideal world. He'd be going into a summer tournament, he'd have had a break to get a shot back, and he wasn't on it, you know. He wasn't the Lukaku we know he could be, even this season's Lukaku, you know. Uh, I kind of feel sorry for him in a way, you know. He really has been rushed back. He'll be made the fall guy, and I think bigger problems there than him, you know. Yeah, you're probably right. He will be well. Maybe not made the fall guy totally because I say that he wasn't really involved in the first two games. Like, but it's a bit like a goalkeeper. I suppose you make a mistake, then you're 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 the worst person in the world. And and, and strikers are the same. When they miss a chance, you know they're they're rubbish or whatever, you know. But 
as you say, some of them came quick at him. As you say, some of them has been rusty. He's not played much football this season, you know. So it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's just he'll look back. You can see he was in tears after the game. You know, he's he was distraught. He was hurting. But you'd think a fully fit Lukaku would have definitely took a couple of them chances. Yeah, just just the the reaction time didn't didn't seem to be quite there. Um, Roberto Martinez going, I suppose. Shay, I think a lot of people are kind of cruel towards Roberto Martinez. I think he, he's very honest in interviews and he's kind of, uh, he seems kind of an open character and kind of a likable fella. And I, I think sometimes when you're a football manager, that can work against you. And people say, yeah, a guy who, who's in relegation fights with Wigan every year, how's he managing the best, the best international team in the world? But he did get to third last time around. And I think, would you agree that maybe when you're managing kind of an aging team of, players who you know were at their peak maybe a couple of years ago and they're kind of their careers are slightly in decline that's that's got to be a very very difficult task I would have thought especially when you don't have players for a particularly long time yeah yeah I mean obviously he made a big decision with Hazard not starting today and he started the first two he only managed an hour or whatever and he doesn't look fit either you know but then there was talk about his too big a personality to leave out of the starting 11 you know but it was going to cost you your place in the next round then you as a manager you have to make the big decisions you have to make the big calls and Maybe been better suited for uh, sorry Hazard to come on for the last half an hour rather than play the first hour and and not be up to total match fitness and and work his way into the tournament, you know, because you know I think with Trossard and and, and Merton started today, I think they've got you know the more legs and forward areas, you know, and they looked a lot better today. I felt, you know, yeah. Um, but again, it's the manager's decision, and obviously you say they they parted ways after the game and didn't think it was happening as quick as straight after the game as as it has done, you know. But I think he's technical director as well from right Martinez mm. as well, so. He might have left two jobs in the one day, but um, yeah, it's not a it's not a great day for for Belgian football, of course. No, Rob, there seems to be a, a fair bit of uh, Schadenfreude among Ireland fans that uh, Anthony Barry and Thierry Henry have have gone out of the world uh, World Cup at this early stage. It's it's admirable how we can make it about ourselves, even when it has really nothing to do with us, isn't it? Yeah, well, <laughs> pictures of Henry on the ground commiserating with players there afterwards. Um, yeah, I've seen that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Martinez, you know, he yeah, he's the victim of an agent squad. You know, he hasn't been able to get, uh, see, Alderweireld and Vatongan. They're not at the players they were. They're not at the clubs they were at. Um, he hasn't really been able to bring through younger players and blend them in, like um, Goatface, the Leicester guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he would have been a good fit. Um, he hasn't been able to get the best out of De Bruyne. You know, he's been on the periphery for a long time you look at him at Manchester City and he's running the show he's pulling the strings he's, he struggles to get on the ball at Belgium he kind of and he's a very placid or comes across at least as a very placid kind of calm player but when he's kind of losing their head and giving out and looking like Roy Keane in interviews you know there's something wrong in the background <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shay, you obviously you, you probably keep a fairly close eye on former club Manchester City. Um, it it does seem to be kind of a, a bit of a contrast there, and you, the the Roy Keane. It might be an easy analogy to make or a comparison to make, but he does yeah. kind of seem a, a different character. And is it is it simple as just the quality of players at Manchester City and uh, the style of play is kind of shaped for him almost? Yeah, yeah, I think so, and I think the players around him are. You know, like the Foden's, Jack Grealish's, Bernardo Silva, you know, the Haaland, you know, the number nine, you know, is, is a better player than Batshuayi, you know, for example, you know, there's, there's, and Lukaku, I suppose you would say the same, and I mean, Kaku is harsh on him because he's, because he's just coming back from injury, of course it is, but 
you know, the, the Bruyne to me, because I see a lot of Man City games. I go to a lot of the games. I live in Manchester. You know, I see him on a regular basis. Like, you know, and he is, for me, good enough to win the World Cup. You know, he's he's that, he's in that bracket. He's one of the best midfielders in world football. But he played better today, if I'm being honest. But the first two games, it wasn't at the Bruyne that we all know. You know, his passes were astray. He's making the wrong choices. And again, he was making runs that maybe his players weren't seeing, his own teammates weren't seeing it, that they would have seen it at uh, Manchester City and got him the ball, got the ball to him. So he cut a frustrated figure. If I'm looking at it from the outside, you know, in the Belgian strip, he, he, he was, you're right, maybe he, does, he was getting a bit angry, getting a bit raw because he was just a bit, you know, a bit agitated with things not going his way, you know. And um, I think he even got the man of the match for the first game and he was, wasn't happy with that because he was saying it must just be a sponsor's guy. I didn't play well. He was, he was brutally honest with his own performance, you know. Yeah, we have mentioned that player of the match on this on the podcast. It's like we we figured it out. It's actually voted for by fans on the FIFA website. If you're a right. member of the FIFA Plus website, which is why the players, oftentimes players with the biggest social media followings, or um, you know, yeah. the, the superstars on every team, were getting the man of the match, even when you know they weren't. Close to yeah. the best player on, on on their own team. Um, you'd you would wonder, Shay, that if you know a fit Romelu Lukaku linking up with De Bruyne and with a you know a fit Matt Sharp, yeah, uh, Eden Hazard. Basically, if you had if you had a Belgium of four years ago, they might have had a better chance. But Michi uh, yeah. Bay up front um wasn't isn't the striker he's used to. He said we weren't quite ready for it, like you know, but you know, then maybe not. If the players aren't ready, they have to get players who are ready, you know, because. There was a quick turnaround, obviously, after the after the season break in the, in, the, in the different leagues around Europe. And, you know, if, if Hazard and Lukaku weren't ready, then they shouldn't have maybe travelled, you know, because there'll be other Belgian players that think, well, I, I was fully fit. I could have went or whatever because, you know, as I say, normally there's no build-up, there's no friendlies, there's no, you know, you're straight into it, aren't you, this thing? That's mm-hmm. maybe, you know, did, did that catch him out? Because I remember his interview after the first game, Martini says, yeah, we play poor against Canada, but... We want to grow into this tournament. We want to, you know, get better as each game goes by and get fitness to some of the players. But they're going home after two weeks or whatever, you know. So that they, they can they can go on a beach now. But the only positive things from a Man City point of view is De Bruyne is going to have a couple of weeks off now and and maybe freshen up for the second half of the season. Yeah, um, Rob. Just so we keep people abreast of it in case they're kind of trying to figure out what's not that we're live, but anyone who's stuck in a cave and is this is how they're keeping track of this. Uh, Costa Rica two, Germany two, with about nine minutes to go. And it's still 2-1 to Japan. So as it stands, thanks to Kai Havertz equaliser for Germany, Rob, uh, Japan are going through as group winners and Spain are going through as runners-up. Mm-hmm. Not something you'd expect to come in. And I was just looking at the fixtures and saying there beforehand, it could be a case that Spain aren't in much of a hurry now because as runners-up, they'll play Morocco and they might fancy that more than Croatia. It's it's true, isn't it, Shay, that... Like, that they probably don't want to dice with the the possibility that they could actually go out either, so they might be pushing for an equaliser. But coming off the pitch, they'll be obviously they won't like to lose to Japan. But if they look at who they've got in the last sixteen, although if they've been watching Morocco, I don't think they'd be too fond of getting them them either. But it is funny how it can kind of it can kind of fall for you, I suppose, the last sixteen or fall against you. Yeah, but again, they've got some young players playing as well, and there's a loss tonight, you know the criticism they'll probably get off the back of that will that affect them so you'd rather keep winning if I'm being honest you'd rather keep that momentum going into the to the knockout stages and, and also you know I'm still sort of half an eye on the Costa Rican game it's 2-2 as you, as you rightly mm. said there but Costa Rica are sitting quite low on a, on a sort of low block like, but they've, they've broke away num- numerous times and, and created chances and if they sneak one you know Spain are out so it's just like yeah. It's, it's a crazy situation because before, like before the 
the first two games, 7 0 to beat Costa Rica, it's like, oh my God, Spain are going to win it. And now, like two games later, one kick of the ball or one deflection or anything can happen, one mistake, and Spain could be out. Wolf Germany, you know, it's crazy. It is. It, it's, you talk about momentum, Shay. It's kind of, we kind of looked at Argentina losing to Saudi Arabia in their first game and we were writing them off and, you know, they weren't a whole lot better in their second game, but kind of got it done in the second half. And then obviously they won with a bit of panache last night. You know, that's that's the way to do it, where, as opposed to winning your first game 7-0 and kind of faltering. I suppose we look back at your own kind of World Cup experience, 2002, you know, draw the opener, then draw a game possibly expected to lose and then convincingly win the third game. Kind of that's how you want to go through a group, I suppose. You're going with I think the right ideally, moment. yeah. And then we talk about momentum going into the tournament, or get as the tournament goes on. And of course, you know, you get into the knockout stage then with with confidence. You know, I think it was three 0 We beat Saturday or something like that. Was I think remember? Mm. Was it Duffer Duffer scored? He done that. Remember that bow thing? You know? Yeah. Oh, Germany have just scored here. So. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so Indeed. that <laughs> that leaves Germany. They are, they're still going out. That doesn't change anything, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't change anything. Germany, Germany need, they need, they need Spain to score, don't they? They need a draw at least. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's not done a whole lot for them. It's, uh, <laughs> no, so who's got that? It's, uh, oh, Havertz, that's his second. Havertz off the bench, yeah. Yeah, well, he's got two. Um, so as it stands, it's, as you were, which is just insane. <laughs> but <laughs> Germany dug this hole for themselves, I suppose, with that that opening defeat. That really, and, you know, yeah. coming in with one point, it's completely out of their own hands. Um, Rob, just a word on Morocco, the first um African team to top their group um since nineteen ninety eight, and they'll be joining Senegal in in the last round. And Cameroon still have a slim chance, but they look really good, Morocco. And to be fair, you know, they've got two of the best full backs in Europe. They've got uh. ZH up front, but they just look like a really kind of well coached, kind of organized team. And um and also they're benefiting from having insane support at the in, yeah, at the tournament as well. A lot of, her, a lot of um locals, a lot of local workers rather mm. uh, from Morocco there. So they they have a huge support, which at this tournament isn't you know, it's not the normal. We've seen all the empty seats, we've seen, mm. you know, quiet stadiums, uh, talk of, you know fans who aren't really fans being busted in. So to have that kind of proper support there, it's going to be a huge boost to them, especially the way they're going. And yeah, they have some really good players. Hakimi, PSG, Amrabat. Um, they have that Sevilla striker whose name escapes me. Um, Nezri. Uh, they are a decent side, well-drilled, as you say. They'll be hard to beat. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, Croatia on paper would be the team that Spain would be more likely to cause Spain problems, but, you know, especially the way Japan are dealing with Spain now, you wouldn't know, with Morocco, they could, they could produce an upset. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're so, as it stands, just to reiterate, Japan are winning this group, Spain are second, and Germany are out, despite the fact they're beating Germany uh, 3-2. Um, his name came up a couple of times, Shane, and we're definitely, we're, we weren't looking to um, get you to reminisce uh, about the handball in Paris, Renta, but it, it is on people's minds today because, um, Luis Suarez amazingly was put up for a press conference today by um, Uruguay. So hats off to the press officer, or to, it was quite likely it was Suarez himself who decided to do it. Yeah. Uh, it was a great press conference, though. Uh, you know, a, a Ghanaian journalist said, uh, to many people in Ghana, you are the devil and we cannot wait to eliminate you. And Suarez very honestly said, look, I did what I did. I got a red card. It's not my fault. I didn't miss the penalty. So yeah. pretty much throwing 
Asamoah Gian under the bus. Um, it's a fair point, doesn't it? He did the crime. Uh, yeah. He got the time. And then it's not really his fault that um, they missed the penalty. And uh, he even brought it up himself, kind of said, look, I've bitten people and said sorry for it afterwards. I don't have to say sorry for this. <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point. He's your right. Uh, Asamoah Gian, he took the penalty. He missed the penalty. And, and you know, it's part and parcel of football. I don't call it, you know, something you see in the last man situation. You drag somebody down because... You've taken one for the team and taken a red card because you've stopped, you know, probably a certain goal or whatever it is. So, you know, Suarez at that time had to do what he felt was was, was right. And 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 again, you know, he got you can imagine what the Uruguayan fans and the, the media made of that, you know, because he was he was most definitely the villain. But I think he plays the villain well, should we say, over the years. He's uh he's fallen out with a few fans, opposition fans and stuff. And yeah, so it's it's maybe tongue in cheek some of the stuff today in the press conference, you know, but but again, it'll 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 add fuel to the fire tomorrow, you know, with this game, and 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 you know, it'll add a bit more spice to it all. Yeah, they they've been disappointing though, Shay, haven't they? Uruguay. A lot of people were kind of uh, tipping them beforehand, and they're going into this match with one point, and they they have they have to be Ghana and hope that South Korea don't beat Portugal, which we could say, oh well, that 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 doesn't seem likely. But look what we're watching at the moment, so that's ne- never say never. So Uruguay, they 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 just they don't seem to. Uh, they're one of these teams where you look at the attacking talent and the mid- midfield in particular on paper, but it just doesn't seem to quite be gelling at the moment. Yeah, and even Suarez himself had a few chances that, that normally he would snap up and, and just snatching at them and hitting them away and whatever. You. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah, as you're right, we, we thought Uruguay would be stronger perhaps, like all the South American teams, you know. I mean, Argentina are coming into you know better form now, which is... We, th- we thought after the first game, you know, they were one of the favourites. And after the first game, we got, oh my God, they're going home early as well because it was such a bad result for them. But again, Messi and, and Messi sort of stepped up and, you know, Alvarez from Man City looks looks the part as well. And, you know, the South American teams are always going to be good. And of course, Brazil, I think, are the favourites for most people as well. It's been 20 years since they won the Cup, you know, the, the World Cup. So it's going to be, um, they're going to run it close, I think. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens tomorrow, how, how, if Suarez starts or if he, if, he, if he doesn't. And if he does come off the bench... You know what kind of reception he's going to get. I imagine be a bit spicy, like to be fair. Yeah, uh, Rob. On the one hand, you think he's starting because he'll definitely be bringing a bit of energy. Whatever he says about bygones being bygones, but you can imagine the reaction if he's sprung from the bench with half an hour to go. The place will go insane. It'll be like something from WWE or something. I think that's likely, and I think that's the kind of thing he'll thrive on. You know, he's uh, he's that kind of player. He just loves to wind people up, and yeah, he's delighted to come off the bench and. You know, things tight, get a get a goal, get a controversial goal, go down for a penalty. It'd be great yeah. entertainment. Um they have options as well up front, you know. And you know, I know Nunes hasn't set the world on fire for them in the tournament yet, but he I was watching the last game, he seems to be Rob's a loyal Liverpool fan, by the way, Shay. So he's okay, gonna yeah. he's, he's, <laughs> he's clinging on to it. But no, he, he did, he impressed me in the last game, you know, his movement and his uh he always causes trouble, you know, wherever he goes. He's creating space for other players. So, you know, bring him, bring Suarez on alongside him with 20 minutes to go if you need a goal. That'd be just what you want for the script as well. Yeah, it would. Um, you mentioned Brazil, Shay. Yeah, I think a lot of people's favourites and a lot of people are calling them kind of favourites. Like, well, personally, I would say France might have the best starting eleven, but, you know, one injury... Uh, or two injuries there and there. Well, more injuries they've had so many, and they're kind of sunk. But everybody's saying Brazil have the best squad, and we're probably going to get a chance to see it tomorrow because I think Chiche's kind of said he's going to he's going to rotate the team significantly. Still no Neymar, obviously, but they've qualified 
and they'll top the group if they manage to yeah. get a draw against Cameroon. Yeah, well, the thing that struck me in the first game when they were two up, whatever, they started bringing guys off the bench and they were like superstars themselves. The squad of players they have and the, even the players that didn't even make the squad, like you know, Firmino or whatever. And, I mean, Joe Linton and Newcastle players like that, that people would know from the Premier League that weren't even good enough to make the squad, you know. So I'd imagine you'll see maybe Gamarish start tomorrow, Jesus start tomorrow, you know, people like that that are, that are again, you know, a lot of people know from the Premier League, but again, they're all brilliant players as well. And, and it is a good opportunity, I think, for Brazil to rest a couple. Of course it is. Uh, be interesting to see who plays at the back because obviously a three or four day turnaround you're playing in the last 16, you know. So they've already qualified. Um, again, we've seen with France, obviously, was it last night? I can't keep what days of the week it is, but, you know, <laughs> they, played, they played a weekend team and, 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 you know, paid a heavy price. Uh, but, you know, they're still in the next round and you want to protect the likes of Mbappe because you know if they lose someone like him then the, the chances will be will be cut significantly you you would say you know yeah uh Germany have gone four two up full Krug uh got a goal there was a, a pretty long VAR discussion there and it's interesting to see that the um the players aren't quite surrounding the referee uh the female yeah. French referee Frappard the same way they would if it was a male referee with these VAR decisions they're being a little bit more courteous I, I've noticed shame it's not something you had in your had in your own career but would you imagine it would have um impacted your um you say your interactions with the referee if it was a woman yeah possibly I think um you'd have to show a lot more respect of it maybe I mean on the referees you know, I, think, I think you know male or female you know whatever it is it's fine but you know, I'm surprised they don't they don't go to you know have camera body cameras on and mics on. You know, with the like the rugby guys, you could make the experience such a, I think, an amazing thing for the fans. You know, at home, there was a camera on the, on the referee now in the middle of play and stuff and things going on. And then even even when the referee and stuff, you know, I think players will be a bit more guarded or a bit more because they know they're mic'd up and every word's recorded. You know, so it might be a way. You know, as I say, I see the rugby guys and the size of them and some of the challenges and stuff and that and the tackles. You think if they can, can keep their heads, then maybe it's something that, you know, you can learn from football and football as well. Yeah, well, it, it is. It is interesting just to kind of see the the, the change. Um, we've got ten minutes of injury time in Costa Rica, Germany, which is at this stage actually irrelevant. God bless the poor Germans; they could knock in another six goals, it wouldn't matter. And we have seven <laughs> seven minutes of injury time in the other game, where Japan are still leading two one, and unless Spain equalise, Germany are going out. And Japan are talking about Spain, and they are not trying a leg. You know, they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're not <laughs> killing themselves. Spain are on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rob, just looking ahead to tomorrow, then the other game in that group sees. Uh, you, you couldn't hope much for Serbia, really. They're playing against a Swiss team who only need a draw. And our many Shay Shay would have met more experiences with Swiss than a lot of us. But they they're the the old whales. We used to see play Switzerland all the time, but they're very well organized, Rob. And they don't. You imagine if Switzerland go out to play for a draw against a team on a similar level to them, like Serbia, they're probably going to get a draw. Yeah, I mean the only thing is Serbia. Um, they might have Vlajevic back. Um, the manager is saying he's fit, but won't say if he's starting. So. Yeah, it's probably more likely to see him off the bench. Um, Mitrovic hasn't looked brilliant for them so far this tournament. Um, he can be hit or miss, you know. In a game against a side like Switzerland, though, when you're kind of looking for that big man to hold things up, he might be the fellow to look to. But um, yeah, I wouldn't expect fireworks. Um, not in terms of football, though. But I mean, there's that political history there between them still. Yeah, there's the the Albanian lads on the Swiss, yeah, the Swiss team. Yeah, they played four years ago, didn't they? And yeah, the the celebration. 
they were kind of talking about that. that well, not talking by not talking about it today in the press conference. So uh, that might might play a part again. You know? Yeah. Um, Mitrovic, I'd say, was a few people. Shay's kind of probably had a cheeky fiver on him for for a golden boot because he's in such good form for Fulham. Um, but it just shows with the the short lead in, as you mentioned it earlier, the short lead into this World Cup is just it's impacting different players in different ways. And you know, it's it must be very difficult to carry in your club form when you go into a completely different set of players. You've got basically probably three or four days training before your first match. Um, mm. so it, it, it's unfair to, to hang a guy like Mitrovic or shall we say Lukaku because it's just it must be very difficult it's not it, it couldn't be like a World Cup at all like 2002 yeah. was considered a short enough like lead in as well but obviously it was a lot longer than this yeah but you know I suppose if, if it's someone like Mitrovic his confidence would be sky high and he's bouncing straight into it and the other thing that the winter World Cup whatever you want to call it does do is you know, they, you shouldn't have that fatigue but after a long, hard season. You imagine normally, you know, top players would be going to, you know, latter stage of Champions League, Champions League finals and having a week off and going straight to a World Cup squad as well. So, you know, you think you're getting the players at their, at their best, at their freshest. And of course, there's there's exceptions with people like Lukaku who've been out injured and stuff, you know. But, you know, in general, you know, that's maybe like the likes of De Bruyne and maybe a few others have, have not hit the ground because they've been flying for their club. And, and for whatever reason, maybe you're right, Mike, it's more the, the, the not you know, there's different players and a different style and different management. And it's just, it's too short a turnaround to, to click so quickly. Yeah, no, it, it, it it's hard to see. And um, Rob, it doesn't look, Cameroon, obviously, I think they, they need a win against the Brazil team who who can survive with a draw. Um, so it, it, it doesn't look like we're going to get the historic third team, third African team in, but um, Senegal playing England and obviously um, Morocco at this point, <laughs> at, at this point playing Spain um, you know they, they'll be going in with a little bit of optimism and it, like you know the you know kind of the, the, the style of play the standard of play from the two African teams going through in particular Morocco I think has been has impressed a lot of people it has now sorry Japan have just won it's full time now so they are through um, that's incredible um, sorry. And Germany are out it doesn't matter what happens in this game yeah, now. Yeah, Germany yeah. are out no, I, I think Senegal um, they They've, they've, they've had a bit of internal strife, you know, they're not, they're not the Senegal, you know, they could be, the, 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 there's trouble in the background, there's players being sent home, you know, it's... Oh, Cameroon, you mean? Oh, Cameroon, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a messy situation there, um, so they have, you know, it could be... You, you, you've heard, you, you'd find it difficult to see them get a result against Brazil, Um just like you would have found it difficult to see Japan getting a result against yeah, Spain. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think though, I mean, you know, Brazil are able to name a 39-year-old as their captain and they should still stroll through the game, you know. Yeah, well, as we said, Jay, it will be an interesting test of, of this squad. And, and would they be your favourites at the moment now that we've seen everybody bar four teams? We've seen we've seen three times. Would it, would it be Brazil for yourself or, or Argentina kind of uh, to find a peak yeah. for you? I think if, if before a ball was kicked, I said, you know, my head said Brazil, but my heart would say Argentina with, with obviously Messi, you know, if he picked up the World Cup, because I think back in Argentina, you know, people still think Maradona's, Maradona's above Messi. And I, I, I can't see that personally, but, you know, people say, and some people in Argentina say it's not even it's an argument. Maradona's that far ahead of Messi, you know, which is which is crazy when you think of the things that Messi's done with, with the ball at his feet, you know, but... That's that's the sort of standing that they you know if he can win them the World Cup then the debate maybe be a lot more one sided perhaps but um 
has he got enough to to get to get them across the line? Perhaps you know again the the first game was a wake up call for them, perhaps, and you know they seem to have turned the corner and 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 they're going to the knockout stages, of course, on 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 a good run now. So you never know. But I just think with Brazil, I just think the players they have and maybe the hunger and the you know the the the, the balance seems to be right in that Brazil squad. You know the strength and depth. Uh, you know you got the experienced captain Thiago Silva and and. and a brilliant goalkeeper and Allison, you know, probably the best in the, in the tournament. Um, and then obviously it's not even talking about them. The forward players, you know, they, they sort of nearly speak for themselves. You know, they've got some amazing talent in attacking positions and, and you know, they're going to be very hard to stop. But then you look at Japan now tonight again, like, you know, they beat, J- they beat Germany and Spain. Does, <laughs> that, does that give them a mad outside chance of doing something that would never be in a conversation before, you know? Because before, no. the, before the, the group stage, you would... You know, Spain would be in the conversation, and of course, Germany would maybe some outside people would have some money in them. Now, Japan have gone and bit both of them. What, where does that leave them? <laughs> it's it's it is crazy, Robin. You have to go back to 2002 for the last South American winner, obviously in Brazil. Since then, it's been all European sides, and you you probably would you'd say that at the moment, <laughs> it, France are probably carrying that flag because there'll be questions about Spain now. But I don't know about you, but my doubts with France are the. It's just the, the the depth of the squad. They have so many injuries coming into the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I I, I fancied Argentina before the tournament, and uh, what I've seen in the last couple of games from them would kind of convince me even more. I think Messi is, you know, he he's not like say Cristiano Ronaldo, where he, he at the this stage of his career he's playing like he has to be the superstar. He's playing with a bit of a more withdrawn role, and he's letting others lead off him, uh, and he's kind of controlling things from the from the center. You know, he. Is watching him the last game, especially, you know, he's playing through a lot of really incisive passes and through balls that other players can't see. Um, and he's finding them. And I think at the moment he seems to have like adopted a a new leadership role within Argentina, you know, whereas before he was the kind of superstar who was being pushed out to, you know, talk to everyone, everyone wanted to see him. That's still the case. But he seems to be more comfortable in taking that role on the shoulder. He's kind of the other statesman of the squad. Um, yeah, I, I think he's in a really good position and a really good place. And because of that, Argentina as well. Mm, a kind of Wayne Rooney career trajectory going from, the, uh, yeah, from the front line to midfield. <laughs> um, it's just, it, it's finished now in the Germany game. And uh, we had Polish Polish players rapturously celebrating a defeat last night. And now we have devastated German players uh crying on the ground after winning 4-2 so that's that, that's the glory of the uh the world cup group stages Shay, isn't it it's uh the last day uh it really it, they're just bonkers the last two nights have just showed how fantastic a 32 team world cup is we talked about this last night. i don't want to get into it again but four years oh. time we mightn't have it but it just it, it's fantastic really isn't it it's just yeah it might be good for ireland that we have more teams and <laughs> because we've got we've got a better chance of getting in i'd imagine but you know it might it might dilute the competition itself because as you say, the last couple of nights, and I'm sure the next couple of nights as well, will, you know, will show how amazing it is, and you know the emotions, and you're probably looking at the pictures yourself there. Yeah. Of, we're looking at some of the Japan, Japan players, and Japan, you know, fans now. Like, you know, they, this is a beyond their wildest dreams. You know, they top the group is just is just sensational from them. You know, so, uh yeah, the emotions in Poland last night losing two 0 so it's a disappointment. But then the realization after the game that the other game had finished, and you know, they're through to the next stage. You know, but. I don't think, if I'm being honest, looking at Poland last night, they, they, they won't pull up any trees in the next round either. I don't think, I think they're, you know, they're, they're getting out of the group is probably as far as they'll, they'll, they'll go, really. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll leave it at that. Japan cleaning up 
on and off the pitch. So their their uh, fans their fans will be whistling as they clean tonight. It'll be the the, the happiest um job of cleaning up that there's ever been, I would think. Um Shay, thank you very much, Rob. Thank you very much. And just a reminder, obviously, that the games tomorrow are live on RT2, the RT player and the RT News channel. So um, it's unmissable TV at the moment, so you, you, you wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Um, and we'll be back again tomorrow, obviously. So we'll chat to you then. Thank you and good night.